So God has a bucket full of seeds that he is constantly throwing onto your heart. Constantly. Seeds are are thoughts that are constantly being thrown onto your heart. But Satan also has a massive bucket and he's constantly throwing seeds onto your heart as well. And you decide which seeds grow. And the seeds that you pay the most attention to will be the ones that grow. Uh, The time, time is like water on seeds. The time that you spend putting into those thoughts, putting onto those seeds, causes them to grow. I'm going to talk to you first about the seeds that God throws. Then I'm going to talk to you about the seeds that Satan throws. Uh, The seeds that, that God throws are thoughts from the Bible, thoughts from the Word of God, thoughts from His heart. This morning, the seeds of the Word of God is being thrown out all over the place. You can't see them, but they're coming out. They're thoughts, they're thoughts, they're seeds of the Word of God. Uh, thoughts of the heart of God. They're seeds that are going out. Now, as these seeds are are being thrown out, they're landing on your hearts. Now, all of your hearts fall into one of four categories. Um, Now, uh, the seed is falling on all of them, but when they land, they land on one of four types of hearts. Uh, The first type of heart that it lands on, uh, the Bible calls it footpath, or for layman's terms, it's like a sidewalk. So imagine you're throwing seeds and it lands, some lands on grass and some lands on your driveway. And and the driveway, or the footpath, is a type and shadow of some of the hearts maybe that are in this room right now. Uh, They land... You enjoy it, you receive it, and you're excited about it. Um, uh, Gemini and Eddie and, and Omar and the team and Ricardo, they're up here and they're, they're throwing out worship songs. I'm up here talking about scriptures. And you receive it and you're excited about it, but because it's on the footpath, that first category... The minute you walk out of here, you go from being excited to not paying attention to him at all because the Bible says that Satan comes in and scoops up that seed and it is like you never even came to church. It's like you never, you were never even here. Now the second category of heart is so here I am, I'm throwing out seeds and thoughts to every single heart in the room. The songs came through those speakers and everybody heard it. And it landed on the second category of heart. And now this category of heart uh, is is called the the rocky soil. So uh, these seeds, they go in and there is soil. It goes in, uh, but the soil is not very deep. Some of you, you receive it, if you're in the second category, and you're excited about it. You're pumped about it. You you like the message. 
the idea of having Jesus in your life. You're all in. Everlasting life, you're all in. If Jesus can step into your world and influence it, you're all in. But the first time a problem shows up in your life, everything I said, everything you felt this morning, gone. As if you never came to church. The first problem, the first issue, the first moment of conflict, it's like you never even came to church. Everything you were excited about is not even on your mind anymore. And, and the reason is because that particular heart has no, no roots. Imagine this. Let's say I go into my front yard and I plant a tree. It's about this big. It's going to be huge, but it's about this big when I plant it. I back up, selfie, <laughs> put it on Instagram, Facebook, boom. I get to looking at it, and I'm like, I should not have put that tree there. It's going to be huge. I should have put it in my backyard to give me some shade. So I dig it up, I lift it up, I put it in the backyard, bang. Plant it, water it, boom, we're good. It's growing. I'm like, you know what? I don't like my neighbor. This is hypothetical. I don't like my neighbor. I should have planted it between me and my neighbor so that when it grows, I don't see them, they don't see me. So... Am I preaching good? All right. So I pick up the tree. I pull it out of the ground a third time. And I put it between me and the neighbor. If I keep moving that tree around, that tree doesn't have an opportunity to get any roots. And the first storm that comes along, bang. You see, when you pick and choose when you want to come to church, uh, you, you pick and choose. I feel like it. I don't feel like it. Um, you know, you pick and choose. Being in the sanctuary is, is a very important place. Uh, I listen to preachers all week long uh, on podcasts, all week long in my car. I'm listening to them, listening to them, trying to learn from them and, and get better. But there's something about the sanctuary, and I'm not just making this up. It says it in the Bible. It says this. I, I love the sanctuary where his presence dwells. Some of us may say, well, his presence is everywhere. Yes and no. You see, there's the manifest presence where he says, this is where my people are going to experience me. And there's the omnipresence where his presence is everywhere. You can go to the moon and his presence is there. But he didn't promise that you would experience him on the moon. He didn't promise me that he would experience, that I would experience his presence in my truck. He did promise me that it would be in his sanctuary. And so when we come into his sanctuary, if we're, sometimes we're here and sometimes we're not, and sometimes we worship and sometimes we're not, these seeds that go out, the first problem you have, you're gone. That's the second category. The third category, is you receive these seeds and you're excited about the message. You're excited about having God more involved. 
Because you've been living your whole life thinking about God, but not involving God. And so you come to a church service like this and you go, from now on, I'm not moving unless he moves with me. You walk out the door. And as soon as you get out the door, worries, like like leaves being blown across the street, worries come. And then for some people, they're able to push off those worries and hang on to the seed and keep on thinking about God. But then all of a sudden, desires of this world, like, like making more money and business opportunities, which is not bad in its own, as long as you own the idea and the idea doesn't own you. You can't sleep at night because you're thinking about the idea. You, you can't sleep because you're pursuing the almighty dollar. It's consumed you. You're supposed to own it. It doesn't own you. And so the reality is that the thorns come in and they choke out everything that you've heard because you're consumed with other things. Then there's the fourth category of heart um, that when the seed goes out, and this is the exciting one, and I sincerely believe that most people in this room fall into this category. The seed goes out, it lands on good ground. And by the time you turn around three or four times and you see that person, I see you a year from now. I always say this, if you're looking for a church home, give us one year of your life, you'll never be the same. Because in one year, if it landed on fertile ground, what will happen is fruit will come out of that person 30-fold, some people 60-fold, other people 100-fold. You know what's so unbelievable about these seeds that go out is the Bible says this, that day or night, whether you're asleep or whether you're awake, the seed is growing in your heart. It's called the parable of the growing seed. It's only in the book of Mark. I believe it's in chapter four. It's the only place in the Bible where it talks about the growing seed. Keep this in mind. When you're sleeping, the seed is growing. What seed is growing? The promises of God is growing in your heart. When you wake up in the morning, you can't measure it. You can't feel it. But you now believe a little bit more than you did yesterday. You're more confident. You have more joy. It's more inside of you. You go, well, I'm not feeling it. I feel like jumping in a river. Trust me. More is happening than what you can see. That seed of the word of God. You're stronger today than you were yesterday. It's growing. Absolutely. Put your hands together for that. Now there's another bucket. It's bucket straight out of the pit of hell. And Satan is as generous with these seeds as the Lord is with his seeds. You know, you ever walk around with that green bucket full of seeds and you walk around in your front yard like this and it goes pop, 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 and it just spits seeds. You know what I'm talking about? It's spitting or something like that. Same way. That's how hell is. Just throws them out. Just like like Johnny Appleseed's got a little patch on it. Just throwing them out. Just throwing them out. Hell does not care what kind of seed grows and which kind of seed doesn't grow. It's all the same seed. If you could reach into hell's bag and pull out the seeds and look at it, 
They're all the same color. Uh, you know, if you get Excedrin Tylenol or something like that, you open it up and you look at the pill, a lot of times it'll have a letter on there, like a T for Tylenol or M for Motrin or A for Advil. Um, it, thank you. Um, every single seed from hell has a little letter C on it. It's conflict. Conflict. Everybody say conflict five times. One, two, three. Conflict. Conflict. We got to do it all over because Dwayne didn't participate. See, you ruined it for everybody. All right. Five times. One, two, three. Conflict. When you live your life, you wake up in the morning, conflict. You get in the car, conflict. You get on the floor, conflict. Email, conflict. Get to the office, conflict. Come home, conflict, conflict, conflict. If you're taking notes, write this down. Conflict with people causes distance with Christ. You, you cannot be in conflict with somebody and say, I don't want to talk to that person and be close to the Lord. Let me see if I can illustrate this. Luke, why don't you come on up here real quick? Um, he has no idea what's going to happen, but he's going to be mad at me when he gets home. This is my son, Luke. All right. I, I call him 2.0 because he's the better version of me. Um, point in case. Let's say I invite you over for lunch today. I invite you over because you heard I can make a good bowl of pasta, which is true. I can't. Don't mean to brag. You come over. I make you a good bowl of pasta. I bring you some sweet tea. I got some good garlic bread. You're sitting there. You're enjoying it. We're getting ready to talk. I say, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get myself a sweet tea. Luke walks up to you, says, hey, I haven't met you. My name's Luke. You look at Luke and go, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm here to talk to your father. Go somewhere. Get out of here. Go somewhere. I come back to the table. And I said, what happened here? And you go, hey, dude, I don't have a problem with you. It's your kid I don't like. Well, hold up, bro. (laughs) Right? You can mess around and come in my house, look at my kid, and tell him to get lost. If there's anybody that's going to get lost in this house, it's you, sir. Right? It's you. In the same way, we can't look at the Lord and say, God, I love you. I want to be close to you. But it's that guy over there I don't like. I'm cool with you. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't make those kind of rules. Let me read you a scripture, and I pray that it will pierce between the bone and the marrow of your soul. James chapter one, chapter four, verse one. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't it battle? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? Selfishness causes conflict. At the end of the day, what we want is our way. 
We want our way. And so what hell does is it comes in and just throws seeds of conflict into your life. You get mad at your mom. You get mad at your dad. You get mad at your kids. You get mad at your boss. You get mad at your client. You get mad at the weather. You get mad at you. You, Hell doesn't care which seed grows just as long as something grows. And so when conflict comes to your mind, just know there's a little devil in your life throwing seeds. You decide at that moment whether or not that seed grows. The Bible says that doesn't all sin get conceived in the mind. And when it gives birth, it gives birth to sin. It comes as a thought first. Oh, we got to be careful. When we have conflict, when we have a complaint, we have to be careful. Because what's happening is we're beginning to step into hell's trap. The next time you can feel conflict, you say to yourself, oh, you're not going to suck me into that trap. Whether you are right or whether you are wrong, you don't want that blood pressure building up. Because as that wall comes up and that person gets on the other side and that wall comes up, Jesus is standing next to his son and next to his daughter and says, you're going to block them out. You're blocking me out, too. Watch this in uh, James chapter three, verse six. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. The tongue that criticizes has been set on fire by hell. Uh, Let me get that lighter from you, Brother Dwayne. And and while you're here, why don't you just stand right next to me. Let's say Brother Dwayne is out in the lobby of the church and he's having some cookies and juice. And, And all of a sudden I come walking by and... And he looks at me and all of a sudden he's a little irritated with bald-headed Italian guys. And that thought comes in his mind. And he's a little bit ticked at me because I haven't said hello. I get in trouble for that a lot of times. I haven't said hello. And so now he's going to say something to somebody At any time criticism comes off your tongue, your tongue is being lit by the flame of hell. And so as the words are coming out of his mouth, there's a demon standing there trying to let that tongue catch fire. Go ahead, stick it out. Take one for the team, baby. Take one for the team. As soon as that word of criticism comes out of his mouth, bang. And hell just steps back and watches the show. You ever lit fireworks before? You light it, you back up, and you watch. (laughs) Same thing. He lights it, he backs up, and he watches the show. And out comes the criticism. And, And where criticism is, there's division. And he just stands there and watches you fight with your wife and fight with your kids and fight with your boss. And and hell just stands back. And as soon as you start calming down, he'll throw another thought. And then then you look at your wife and go, and another thing. (laughs) 
It just keeps on lighting it. I want you to be very aware that when conflict arises, thank you, Brother Dwayne, you can go ahead and sit down. Uh, When conflict arises, these are seeds from the enemy. You say, all conflicts? Oh, on the very rare occasion, there's moments that Jesus had when he came into the temple and flipped over the tables and he stood up for that righteous moment on the very rare occasion. But you got to be incredibly careful because even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And though you may be right, you are 100% wrong. And your foot is caught in a trap of self-righteousness. And you begin to think that everything you say is right and everything they say is wrong. And you have no idea that your foot is caught in a trap. And people are looking at you. And instead of you being salt, because when you put salt on french fries, the Lord knows you can't stop eating them. When I go to a Mexican restaurant and someone sprinkles salt on those. Uh, I used to work at a Mexican restaurant. I used to work at Casole. Anyone who used to work there? Oh, it's from God. It's from heaven. I'm just telling you. And I remember we'd get a fresh basket of chips. We'd put it into the warmer. And we were not allowed to take any chips and put it in the basket and bring it to the table until we first grabbed this thing of salt. And we'd just spray it all over the place. And then we would bring the chips to the table. Because we knew that as soon as that salt hits your mouth, you're going to keep eating those chips. Keep eating those chips. And that's what salt is supposed to do. It's supposed to draw people to yourself. It's supposed to draw people to the Lord. And when you are so right in your own eyes, you're caught in a trap. You know you're in a trap because nobody wants to be around you anymore. And you may be saying, look how right I am. But you have no salt. You aren't making anybody thirsty. You're making everybody detest what you're standing for whether you're right or whether you're wrong. So the best thing to do is to make sure that when that conflict comes to mind and you have a complaint, you have a position that you want to take, be very careful that you aren't taking a position with man, but you're further away from God. Here's the last and final point I'd like to share with you. Um, The Lord's servants... Learn to fly above conflict. They see it. They see it coming a mile away. And they stay away. Um, it's, It's called keeping your eye on the prize. Keeping your eye on the goal. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is about a man named Elijah. Elijah was the worst mentor in the Bible. Have you ever had a mentor, somebody pouring into you, like a boss or a trainer, somebody has to train you or pour into you? This guy was the worst. Elisha shows up and Elisha had his eye on something. There was something that he was pursuing. There was something that he wanted more than life itself. He took everything he owned and set it on fire. You know when you want something from God, And everything else becomes strangely dim. You're willing to set it on fire. And you tell the Lord, God, I want you more than I want anything in my life. 
Elisha had his eyes locked on something. He was after something. Elijah looked at him and said, Elijah looked at Elisha and said, look, I'm about to go to another city. They were staying in a place called Gilgal. And he says, I'm about to go to Bethel. Why don't you stay here and wait for me? But Elisha was after something. He said, there's there's nowhere you can go where I'm going to leave you alone. And then... He looked at him and goes, well, look, uh, you can come with me, but um, why don't you, you you can can come with me to Bethel, but stay here in Bethel because I'm going to Jericho. I'll be back. He goes, you may be back, but wherever you go, I'm going. Elisha was after something. Once they got to Jericho, Elijah looked at him and said, hey, um, I'm going to Jordan. Why don't you stay here and just wait? I'll be back. He goes, no. Doesn't matter where you go, I'm coming with you. And Elijah finally looked at him and goes, why are you following me? What do you want? And a lot of times you want something from God, but you can't quite put it in words. The only thing you know, and I feel like this is for somebody in this room, is that you're done being where you're at. You're done with what you have. You've been to church hundreds and thousands of times. And you're done with the same old thing. You want something real. And you want something that's going to light your soul on fire. And so he looks at Elijah and he says, What you have, I want that plus double. Have you ever looked at somebody and go, man, that guy's got to walk with God. But even if I had his walk with God, I wouldn't be happy. I, it dawned on me the other day. I can't think of one person in this world that when I look at them, I go, man, I wish I had a walk with God like them. Because I want what they have and more. And so he says, all right, if, you're, if you see me die, if you see me go to heaven, then you'll have that. Do you know Elisha probably slept with one eye open for the rest of his life? He slept right next to Elijah with his arm on him. It was starting to get hokey. He'd throw his leg on him. Look, dude. (laughs) It's it's only weird if you make it weird, all right? Let's go to sleep. Put his arm on him. He laid on his lap. Everywhere he went, he'd go to the bathroom and be like, can you just hold my hand? Because I just need to know. He didn't let him go anywhere. Why was he so consumed? Because he was after something. I know in my spirit that I'm talking to people that you are after something. You're after something. You can't even quite put it in words, but you know it's more of him. And and the Bible says this, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. In Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, if you call out to me, I will hear you and tell you things that you do not know. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Oh, what you're doing will not end in disappointment. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, 5, the hope that we have will not lead to disappointment. The craving that you have will not lead to disappointment. But you cannot sabotage your appointment 
with God by allowing conflict to grow in your heart. So the next time you have a thought, a conflicting thought, where you have a complaint towards someone or something, think long and hard on whether or not it's worth it or not. Because conflict interrupts intimacy. Would you stand your feet for me, please? I'd like our prayer partners to come down if they would. And could everyone else just raise your hands right where you're at? There's a sweet presence of God here. If you've been a Christian for a little while, I'd like for you to help me pray in this room. Just close your eyes and just talk to the Lord. I don't want you to be so loud that you're a distraction, but I want you to be loud enough to where you can hear yourself pray. Let's turn this room into a a roar of whispers. Come on, let me hear you. That's it. Come on. Even if you say the same thing over and over again, some of you haven't prayed in years and this is the moment. This is, I feel like this, this is for somebody in this room. You came to church, not for my sermon and not for worship, for this moment right here to break the silence that you've had with the Lord, to break the silence, break the silence. Don't think about him. Talk to him. Talk to him. You can say, I love you, I love you over and over again if you want to. That's beautiful. But talk to him. Come on, talk to him. That's it. Yes. This is why you came to church right here. This is why you came. This is why you came. why you came. I just want to pray for someone in this room who may be wanting a baby and just keep trying and keep trying and nothing's happening. You're getting discouraged, getting bad reports from the doctor. Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, all life comes from you. All life comes from you. And I pray in the name of Jesus right now, right now, right now, that you overcome every single obstacle inside of that woman's body in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that it will be this service that we will look back on and say, thank you, Jesus, for that moment, for that service, because you're planting new life. You're planting new life in that womb, new life, new life. And I thank you, Lord, that the name that the, that the mother will name that baby will be a reflection of your strength, will be a reflection of you. Some way, somehow, that name will be tied to biblical things. It'll be tied to hope because for the rest of that baby's life, they're going to look back on this service in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that no longer will that womb be barren in Jesus' name. Jesus name if there's anything you need in your life God's doing miracles this morning would you come out of your seat and take the hand of a prayer partner down here let them pray with you something happens when two people agree on one thing I don't know what it is but it says it in the Bible when two people agree on one thing something happens so if you have a need I don't even care what it is come out of your seat take the hand of a prayer partner and let them pray for you Be blessed in the name of the Lord.